Does Jesus get us? During the Super Bowl, DoesJesusGetUs.com aired a 60-second commercial showing various images of people washing other people's feet. While some Christians love the commercial, several of these scenes have spurred a lot of controversy and even some hostility between believers. Why has there been such a varied response? Was this ad helpful in communicating what Jesus thinks about people or how the church should treat others who are different than them or who are stuck in a sinful lifestyle? Or instead, was the ad an unbiblical attack against Christianity, communicating that people don't need to turn from their sin in order to be accepted by Jesus? How should Christians respond to this ad, and how do we love and serve people like those in the commercial who many Christians have labeled as unrepentant sinners? Buckle up. This should be an interesting conversation on this week's episode of the Dude Facts Podcast. Welcome to the Dude Facts Podcast. We're four guys who in the past all served in the same youth ministry together. Now, more than 10 years later, 10 years older, but not really 10 years more mature, we felt it was time to join forces once again. So now we create weekly podcasts dealing with pop culture, ministry, and church life, and mixed all throughout as a healthy dose of the humor you would only expect from old youth pastors. So if you love Jesus, the local church, and laughter, you're going to fit right in. We encourage you to sit back, relax, grab a nice cold Dr. Pepper, and enjoy this week's episode of the Dude Facts Podcast. All right, guys, welcome to this week's episode of Dude Facts. We are going to do things a little different this go-round. Mainly, Grant's not here, so um, we thought we'd bring the good stuff. Uh, We don't know, what is Grant doing? I don't know. I think he, uh, he he might be getting his feet washed right now. Mm. Maybe that's a that's I think probably. You just said true. I have more important things than you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his wife is washing his feet. <laughs> might be more important. I know. If Bridget said, "Hey, why don't you stay home? I'll wash your feet." <laughs> All right, baby. <laughs> the question is, would you feel like you had to wash your feet first before your wife began to wash mm. your feet? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Definitely. Please air them out a little bit. Take the shoes off. <laughs> I have these terrible memories um, of being a kid, you know, elementary school, maybe middle school as well. On Sunday nights, my dad would be like, hey, come here and rub my feet because he's been on his feet all day long as a minister. And uh, I'd have to pull those socks off and <laughs> calloused up old man feet and I was like, oh, this is this is the worst. Man. This is the worst. Like, I wasn't beaten as a kid. I was not abused in any way. But that may have should have been reported to you know child protection services. Did did he give you anything like quarter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to live in my house, don't you? Probably see, something like that. See, Jesus gets you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, my dad would just uh, come home, kick his work boots off, and then just rub his feet on the carpet. Mm. And my mom would yell at him eventually to go wash his feet in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're clean now. He rubbed all the dirt yeah. off. I mean, the yeah, dogs exactly. walk on the carpet. <laughs> yeah. The dogs drag their butt on the carpet. <laughs> I'm so thankful my dog doesn't do that. Of course, we have hard floors. It would just streak it. Um, Ooh. Hmm. I guess it would streak it either way. <laughs> Kind of like those uh, videos of people who have Roombas that go over dog poop. Oh, oh yeah. that's like my main fear of getting a Roomba. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they've put technology in them now to where it it'll recognize a pile of poo. It, oh. it can sniff it. it yeah, we have Sniffs poop sensing AI. That's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> AI really AI is way. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it does a lot of stuff. 
Good times. Good times, yeah. So uh, speaking of good times, we are going to take some time during this podcast. Uh, we're actually going to jump right in um, to our discussion uh, topic today, this week. And um, as you heard in the intro, we're going to take some time to talk about uh, the ad that played during the Super Bowl from the group He Gets Us. Um, it's not the first time they've put an ad in a Super Bowl. Last year they did. It was on Loving Your Neighbors, um, the Who Is Your Neighbor and um, so they, they actually had two ads this go around. The one we're talking about played during the first half. And more than likely, you've seen it. If not, we would encourage you to go check it out. Um, just go to YouTube. Look for um, He Gets Us Foot Washing. You can go to their website, hegetsus.com. Check it out because this, uh, this ad, the video they played, really has created um, a lot of controversy um, among Christians. Um, I, I haven't seen really any argument from people who aren't believers or would say they're not. Maybe it's out there. I don't know. Um, I did I did have a friend post on her Facebook page for me because she said, hey, I got a lot of friends who aren't Christians. And I was asking, you know, I want to hear both sides. What do you think? Um, so we can share some of that. But other than that, it's mainly from other people who claim to be Jesus followers have been on both sides of the argument saying, hey, this is great, it communicates some real powerful things, or on the other end, going as far as saying it's it's unbiblical, evil propaganda. Um, and of course, if you're viewing it from a political lens, that's all over the place as well. So uh, we thought it'd be a great conversation to have um, here on the podcast. Um, I, I think all three of us have been in conversations with other people um, um, on this topic since it aired, where we've maybe had a different view of them and uh, than they have. So we want to ask a few clear questions um, to guide our conversation. And we just want to make sure that everybody knows kind of where we're coming from uh, in this conversation. Uh, we do want to spend some time talking about the organization he gets us, the creators behind this ad. But that's not our main focus is, are they biblical? Are they Christian? The main focus is going to Try to simply be on, was the ad biblical or not? Was it right or wrong? Just kind of taking it as it is. If we had no idea who created it, we just sat down and saw it. Is it biblical? And does it stand up to Scripture? Um, but we also want to, we do want to talk about, um, kind of in the second part of our discussion, is how should Christians love and serve those who we might, describe as an unrepentant sinner, because there's some scenes in the video um, where I have heard Christians say, that's what's happening. Um, these look like someone who has sinned and is not repentant, yet their feet are being washed. So if that's not the way to go about it, how do we? Um, and then anything else that might come up in the conversation, but those are the two main things we want to hit. When you guys saw it, what was kind of your your initial response to that? I was intrigued. I mean, I obviously these ads have aired during the Super Bowl before. This isn't the first time. But I I was intrigued as a Christian, as a Christ follower, somebody who wants to make sure that we get it right when it comes to the message of Jesus. I was very intrigued. My initial response and reaction wasn't, you know, being horrified or you know, really concerned for that matter, like 
we're seeing a lot of the reaction, but I was more intrigued. I want to know who this group was and uh, sort of their intention behind it. But also the ad itself, I thought was really well done. And I was actually more encouraged to see that Jesus is being talked about in front of this gigantic audience that's tuned in for the Super Bowl. So that was my initial reaction, although I know we'll further, um, you know, explain and, and delve that out. But I found it very intriguing and encouraged at the first look of it. And that's not to say that that's my complete opinion on it, but that was my initial thought. What about you, Ron? I, I think... Um... I saw that the the so the the foot washing ad I saw and I thought it was, like a Jeff I thought it was interesting. Um, I think that people who don't understand the context of foot washing and the historical context of that it could be a little weird and uh, you know off putting for them if they just mm-hmm. aren't familiar with you know church and things like that. Um, but then they had another ad that was um, just kind of like you know showing different people who are typical what we think of like on the fringes of society and like you know how you know he, you know christ accepts all of us type thing i really like that ad i thought that the you know that was a really good message um but you know overall i thought um i was like oh you know it's nice to see it's nice to see some some uh, representation for jesus in super bowl ads because you know i've seen i've you know recall from past years where i've seen like scientology ads Mormonism ads, you know, various other belief systems. So, you know, it's nice to see us putting some representation in that audience. Sure. I I felt pretty similar to you guys. I'll be honest, like, as it was viewing, I got uncomfortable on a few of them. And I was, you guys that are listening, I was telling Ryan and Jeff before that, um, you know, my, I have political leanings that, might be uh, considered more MAGA um, than others, and whatever that means now. Um, just that, um, you know, I would see certain scenes in this would make me uncomfortable as a political view. Um, but as I have thought about it more and more and try to remove political assumptions and things like that, um, and just look at it from a lens of is it what's biblical here? What's right? What's wrong? What's good? What's evil? Um, I have gotten to where I like it more and more, um, and have been convicted over my initial response to it. Cause what it revealed to me, and I, I may be getting a little ahead of where we want to go, but what it revealed to me is that I, I can quickly let my political worldview come before my biblical world worldview. And bo- those, my political wor- worldview should be informed by what the Bible says, but that's not always a, the case for me. Um, so we all, we got to be fair here. We're, we're getting ready to, we're recording this podcast where we're going to ask, Hey, is this right? Is this biblical? And all three of us on the podcast are kind of coming from the same point of view of, yeah, we don't really think it was that bad. Um, and, uh, so we want to make sure that we also communicate maybe why people are feeling a certain way, because I think that helps us get to the truth of what's really going on there. Um, so we recognize that we recognize where we're coming from. Um, but I hope that if you, if you hold the stance that this was a terrible ad, it it did not represent Jesus or Christianity. Well, I hope you'll listen through the conversation here. Um, not that we have all the answers. Um, 
and have everything exactly 100% correct, but maybe we'll say something that will encourage you to maybe look at it in a, in a different perspective. Um, so uh, if you'll let me, guys, I do want to, in case people haven't seen the video um, or need to be reminded of it, let me just kind of describe um, what happened quickly. So um, this video starts, it's all AI images, which uh, I thought was pretty cool and just the way it looked. Um, and I thought, man, that's smart. They saved a lot of money by just going to chat GPT and paying the $20 a month fee to create images. But um, however they did it. You know, it's interesting you say that because, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but because it was AI images, some of the outrage, I think, stemmed from that, mm. which I thought was interesting too. Yeah, I get I get that. Um, that's a good point to talk about. Um, so it's, it was 12 scenes, and each scene had somebody washing the feet of another person. And in each scene, you would think these people are at different ends of a belief spectrum or a lifestyle or um, a religious spectrum or whatever. Um, so the, the first scene was a son uh, washing his dad's feet. And it kind of looked like a, maybe a rebellious son washing the feet of a, a dad who really looked pretty traditional. So it was like you and your dad, like me and my dad. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, it hit, so it hit home. <laughs> it hit home. I, I started weeping at that one. Didn't see the rest of it. I wonder if you felt uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, the second one was, a, I believe it looked like a Hispanic police officer was washing uh, the feet of a black man in an alley with cop car lights on in the back. So you kind of think, okay, this might be a criminal. Um, uh, and then the third scene was a, uh, a preppy white girl washing a skater girl's feet. Uh, the next one was uh, a white rancher washing an American Indian's foot. Um, a white woman in the next one washing the feet. And I put, I put gender and, um, race in because I, that's what a lot of people are responding to as well. Uh, a white woman washing the feet of a young white girl at an abortion clinic. Uh, next one was a young woman washing the feet um, it, to me, it looked like, uh, maybe an alcohol, an older alcoholic woman in her trailer, you know, um, next one was an oil worker washing the feet of an environmental activist. You had a suburban white woman washing the feet of a young migrant mother who just stepped off the bus into her neighborhood. Uh, then there was a scene of a white woman washing the feet of her Arab neighbor, um, Black woman washing the feet of a white woman, and they both look like they were rioters on opposite sides. Um, then it was an old black. Then there was a really neat scene: it was an old black man and an old white man sitting on a porch together. They both had one foot in a water basin. Um, and then the last one was a white priest washing the feet of what appears to be a homosexual black man. Uh, and then at the end, it simply said, uh, "Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. He gets us." All of us uh, playing in the background. Um, I meant to look up the name of the song, but the lyrics were don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided and they could never tear us apart. So that's the commercial. Why are people upset about this? What are you hearing as far as why people? I, I think it's what people are reading into the motive of those who are behind the ad. I mean, obviously it does have political hot button issues at the center of it, but I don't think that's the point. And I, I don't think that this is about pushing a political agenda, but people are outraged 
because they think, oh, well, maybe it's pro-LGBTQ, pro-immigration, you know, going back to some of the older ads. Uh, even on the other side of the coin, you know, those who are on, on the liberal um, and Josh, I know you said you didn't have a uh, or haven't seen a lot of that, but but I have seen even some that have um, been upset that this is some type of conservative appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's that. And then obviously, I think one of the big ones and we already hinted or talked about it is the whole thought of he gets us meaning that um, or assuming that it means that repentance is not a part of salvation. And, and I would, I would tend to think that that is not at all part of this. And, and I didn't pull that away from the ad. I don't think it's denying repentance as a part of salvation, but others too thinking this is a part of the coexist movement, that this is all, you know, a bunch of different faith backgrounds and communities coming together to, you know, put this melting pot of different faiths together and Jesus is just a part of it. And then simply, and and this is probably the one that I can most appreciate from fellow believers, that it's encouraging things or could be encouraging things about Jesus that isn't biblically accurate. And not that the ad itself has anything like that, but I think looking into the... um, you know, the about us, which I know we'll talk about, which is a little confusing and vague, the about us of those behind the ad, I can see where maybe, maybe you can pull some concern out that, hey, they could be at the end of the day, misrepresenting the biblical Jesus. But I I see that those things seem to be what's driving a lot of the outrage. It's either it's a political thing, or, hey, you know, they're saying that, you know, Repentance is, is not a part of the picture. Those seem to be the two big ones that most Christians, anyway, are uh, raising. I think, too, I think a, a lot of people would probably not admit this, but I think a lot of the outrage is because there's some... Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of a call to Christians in these ads to you know, reach out and to serve people that they don't necessarily agree with or don't, you know, have a commonality with. And I think that is something that we just as a whole don't do well. Um, and, And not just as Christians, but as people. And I think that that is making people uncomfortable and, um, it's causing a little bit of kind of a gut reaction to assign your own political views to, you know, all these different images and to, to make it something that it's not in order to have a, you know, a stance against it because it's making you uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I think that is, that was a very challenging thing for me to hear. Um, the idea that maybe we are very uncomfortable with what it's saying. Um, which is why there has been some negative, not just some, but a lot of negative reaction, from people who claim to be Christians. Now, I, I do think this is important. Just side note, whenever we talk about Christians, we're using kind of more of that, that it's people who claim to be, they may or may not be. So if you're not a believer listening to this, um, we're not saying everyone with uh, opinion on one side or the other are actual followers of Jesus. Um, I think a lot of that's seen in the, mo- the method in which they communicate, whether they are or not, but you know, Christians who are claiming that, um, 
I had a friend and I was going to read it off here on Facebook. Um, she had shared something I, I posted about fish wa foot washing um, that got some fun reaction. But she said, if someone, if Jesus said serving the least of these is serving him, why the uproar over a Super Bowl ad showing Christians serving? All the theological gyrations, funny word, this morning in response tells me it was convicting, at least on some level, which was kind of the point, right? Jesus, so, Jew. Yeah. So, so she's saying it. People might be raging against it because they feel convicted by it, um, and that may not be everyone. Some people may be like, "I don't feel any conviction. I just think it's terrible." Um, yeah, and 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 that's what you know. We're talking about the outrage, and I think it's appropriate, mm -hmm. but we want to separate. Mm -hmm you know, our thoughts on the outrage of it from our thoughts on the actual ad itself. Cause at the end of the day, it's what Josh said, you know, we want to look at the ad itself and see, is this biblical or how should we think about this? Um, it's obvious that the outrage of it, whether there's good motives behind it or not, mm -hmm. the outrage in many cases has been wildly inappropriate, uh, you know, especially from those who are Christian. And so, um, you know, even if you want to say that there's justified outrage, I, I think that's something we can address as well later on. But, you know, there there are better ways to handle that as mm -hmm. believers. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, so is the ad biblical or not? Um, I do I do want to mention two things um, that I, I think might help. Um, squelch, at least it helped for me to really move this from more of, okay, is this a political thing or an agenda driven thing um, or a race thing? Cause I've heard that as well. Um, you have both white people and black people washing each other's feet. Um, and one thing I thought was very interesting that I didn't notice until just like a day or two ago, looking back through these images, the people washing feet, they also had their shoes off, which makes me think it was an intentional because they had to type this into chat GPT or whatever they used to, to have it created where they had their shoes off both sides, which communicates to me that they both had their feet washed or that was the plan. Um, and then you have the one scene of two men with a foot in. So I, I think that that destroys, I guess, the argument of this is driven politically or um, racially or anything like that, because they, they don't just sit on one side or the other or washing each other's feet. So the question is, is it biblical? Is it true? Is this a way that we should love and serve others that are different? And is it something that Jesus would support in that? When you guys start thinking about that and you, you try to hold it up against, you know, scripture, um, uh, do you find do you find fault anywhere in there of this could be pushing some lines biblically? I I think it's and and part of this is looking into the organization itself because I think a lot of people spoke out before they did that. But uh, looking into the organization, you know, itself and its agenda, which says that it's about looking into the biblical Jesus, looking into who this person is. You know, when we look at the biblical Jesus, we go to scripture, we see that Jesus says, hey, I didn't come to 
be served. I came to serve. So service is at the heart of our Savior. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the heart of what he calls us to do when he says to love God, but also to love others, you know, as you love yourself. And so foot washing, as he demonstrated in scripture, when he washed the feet of sinners, including Judas, and Josh, you mentioned this on Facebook, including Judas, who would, he knew was going to betray him. Um, that is, that is a way to serve. There's not discrimination in the service as far as, you know, what, what Jesus taught. He didn't say, Hey, wash the feet of those that you love or wash the feet of those that, um, treat you well. It's no, it, it is to love others, all others, serve others. Jesus came to love and serve and didn't discriminate when it comes to the type of, of person or individual that, that is. I mean, he, he broke racial barriers and, 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 and lines. Um, you know, he sat at the well with the Samaritan woman. Jesus demonstrated all of this. And so I think if we find fault in that, then we find fault in the biblical Jesus with that concept anyway. I uh, I did read off my friend's Facebook page. She was getting some responses, and she had someone say, you know, I'm not a believer. Um, and, said, and she said, I kind of find, I thought it was kind of weird, the commercial. And in conversation, it was because of foot washing. She yeah. was like, I just think, one, I think feet are weird, and that's just weird. And um, as Christians, I think we take for granted what foot washing is, um, like that everybody just knows and gets it. And I feel like even some Christians may have forgotten this. Um, and, you know, foot washing, um, just as a reminder, it, it wasn't some, it wasn't a sacrament. Some churches have taken it and made it into that, where that's what you do on Maundy Thursday is you, it's part of your celebration is we're going to have communion and wash each other's feet. Um, and it's beautiful. It, it's fine. But ultimately it was a, it was just a, it was just an, a humble act of service that was reserved for the lowest of low to do for someone else. And if we're thinking just culturally, um, and this is mainly for you guys who have never heard this before or are new to it. Um, you have to remember, um, back in, those biblical times, the times Jesus lived before and after roads weren't really paved or paved well, a lot of dust. They wore sandals, if anything. Um, and it's hot and they're walking around getting sweaty. And so you can imagine a day of that. No dude wipes. No dude wipes are there. Dude wipes say hey, we're still waiting on a sponsorship. Um, we do need a report on that at some point. Yeah. Uh, Ryan. Um, so, you know, feet are getting nasty and you go into somebody's home. It was customary if you had a guest coming that you provided a basin of water for either them to wash their own feet or you would have a servant do it um, because it was a lowly task to wash someone else's feet. And somebody I I read somewhere even brought in the the idea that in a lot of these Middle Eastern countries, showing your foot, touching a foot, um, anything like that is a high uh, is is a highly offensive act. So. so going down and wash someone's feet, it just, it really meant that you had to humble yourself. So when Jesus met with his disciples and they sit down to eat, they hadn't washed their feet. And so one, it was, it, it was definitely meeting a very basic need that these guys had in the room, a customary need. No one had done it. You know, they found this room. They want somebody ready to wash their feet. 
So Jesus one is, is just displaying in this act, hey, meet each other's physical needs and really humble yourself to do it, if that's what it means. Um, and that's what he did. And so when Jeff said earlier, you know, Jesus even said he came to serve and not be served. That is the one of the main examples of that, of Jesus fulfilling that. Um, and again, he he does Judas's foot or feet. He does Peter, um, who's going to deny him. And then the rest of the disciples who all were nowhere to be found except for John mm-hmm. at his crucifixion. So, and they were all sinners. Jeff said that earlier before he recorded, like every, every person in that ad is a sinner, whether they're actively engaged in what looks sinful or not. And, and everyone around that table when Jesus washed feet um, was as well. So we need to understand from the get-go, like if we're watching this commercial, and if you're not a believer, not familiar with, with Christianity in the Bible or even Jesus in his life, I know it looks weird to our culture today if we don't practice this. But that's basically what he was doing, right? It would be like if someone comes into your home and they're having dinner with you and they have a big coat on. Um, I mean, it's kind of like taking their, let me take it and let me store it somewhere for you. Like you're welcoming them into your house in a customary way. That might not require a lot of humility, but it's kind of that that idea of just serving people where they are. I, I saw a lot of, a lot of criticism on not just like, you know, my personal social media and stuff like that, but on like TikTok videos and Twitter and, or X, whatever you want to call it, um, of believers and people that call themselves Christian criticizing the ad because there's, they, they would say something to the effect of, well, Jesus didn't wash everyone's feet. He washed his disciples feet. And I think even in that, like they're getting too hung up on the specific biblical instance where Jesus washed people's feet and taking kind of out of context, what that, what that was and what that situation was. Um, you know, like you said, Josh, it's not a sacrament. It's not, there's, it's a cultural thing of the time. It's not necessarily anything special to do with the relationship between him and his disciples, other than that he is providing a form of service to them. But if you look at other things that Jesus did, you know, th- ways he served people and ways he helped people. Like, look at look at Jesus, you know, healing the leper. He didn't ask that guy to, you know, repent of his sin before he healed him. He just healed him. And, you know, it's it's not it just, taking a single instance of foot washing, of Jesus washing the disciples' feet and say, well, he didn't wash everyone's feet. He just washed his disciples. Is kind of cherry-picking an argument and kind of, you know, picking something down to its bare bones and where it's not really what the ad is trying to convey. But what the ad is trying to convey is that we're serving people regardless of what, who they are, what they think, what they do. You're providing service and love to those people. And that's really the the key point of it uh, above anything else. And, and I think, you know, it's that what you're mentioning, Ryan, that's coupled with, the campaign he gets us and together that has melded into okay he he gets you know the the homosexual he gets um you know whatever uh, you know the the girl who's about to get an abortion he gets that and then equating it to okay he understands that and and he 
it, you know, tolerates that. I, I don't think the ad says anything like that at all. Um, you know, I, I didn't take that away from the ad. Um, I guess I can go back and see, well, maybe, but to me, I, I think that's reading my own prejudice and by, you know, you know, maybe even, uh, you know, a political bias into it, um, rather than just taking it for what it is. I mean, the fact is he does get us. Jesus is sovereign. You know, Jesus also was human. And so he absolutely understands temptation. He was tempted. And so for us to, you know, try to see that as unbiblical, I think is trying to, again, read something into it that just quite frankly, isn't there. Can, you know, can we put it there? Maybe, you know, it could be pieced out to be that um, because the group has not spelled it out that clearly in their about us or what they're about, or it's been really vague. But for what it is at face value, I don't think that, you know, this is what the ad is communicating at all. It's simply just saying, you know, Jesus understands creation. I mean, he, he is God. He created it. He, he knows uh, what's going, in our, going on in our hearts and minds. Yeah, I was, I was going to say something similar to what you just said about, you know, Jesus was tempted in every way we are, yet he was sinless. And people will claim that. And I, and I don't have any doubt that my, my Christian friends are on the other side of their thoughts and feelings about this ad than I am. They would say, yes, he knows what you're going through. He, he was tempted in himself. He knows how difficult that is. That's why he was the perfect sacrifice for us, because he faced every temptation we do, yet he never sinned. So he can die in our place. And then you hear that he gets us. And maybe they could have worded that a little different to make it much more clear what they were saying. But that's what it's the same thing. It's the same thing. He he gets what you're going through in all of those situations, whatever's happening. He's been there in some way. He's experienced it, whether it's happened to him or he's been tempted by it. Um, and it, it I, I think the the purpose there and i know we can't say it's 100% sure unless we had the actual creator here saying this is what it meant although there is a full um description on their website of what they were going for and I, we can get into that some but um is is for people like maybe twofold for some people to say hey i didn't think jesus would want anything to do with me because of how i've been treated in other situations or even by the church or by people who claim to to love jesus he so he does understand my life what i've gone through yeah and then the other end is to to the believer of he gets what that person's going through and he loves and cares for them so serve them well um that maybe could have been a little clearer, but I, you got to think like maybe what what were they trying to get to? And they they do say in um, their explanation on uh, their website that um, they hoped that um, yeah, it's right here. Our hope is that our latest commercials will stimulate both societal discussion and individual self reflection about who is my neighbor and how each of us can love our neighbor, even as we have differences and serve one another with more kindness and respect. So that's the goal, right? Um, but it's to, their goal is to get us to think through these people that we might, we would never think were our neighbors. 
but they are. And Jesus went so far. You mentioned the good, uh, the Samaritan woman. I mean, he went so far to, to say in a parable as he's talking about a good Samaritan that all the cultural religious people of the time where he was would say, that's the trans person. That's the, the black person. That's the white person, whoever's opposite than you. That's who, and they had that kind of response of that's the neighbor. That's, that's the, the one that did what they were supposed to do. That was the loving one. That was the good one. Yeah. And so Jesus then kind of flipped all that upside down and made it very uncomfortable. And I, I think that's maybe part of the hope of he gets us in that ad is to get us to get uncomfortable and have a conversation like this of, okay, what, what are we supposed to do with this? Where are we supposed to go with this? And what would Jesus expect? Okay. So one thing that I've heard as well which I think would be good for us to talk about in the video to answer this question of, is it biblical? Um, Jeff, you mentioned it doesn't call people to repentance um, in there. Um, and so I've heard somebody who was in a very cordial conversation with me, not all were like that, but just said, it's not the whole gospel. It's not wrong, but it's not the whole gospel. Uh, yeah, true, true. Nowhere in there do you read, hey, you know, you're far from God. You need to recognize turn to him, commit yourself to him, follow him as a disciple. Um, but was that the purpose? And would have that been as effective for what they're wanting to do or not? Do, does the fact that it's not the full gospel negate any good that comes from it? And I think that's the, I think that's where some people are struggling. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, it's not unbiblical. I mean, we, we share things that are not the full gospel all the time as the church. Um, not to say all of them are right or wrong, but you know, you can have a bumper sticker on your car that just says, you know, my boss is a Jewish carpenter and uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not giving the entire gospel on, on that bumper sticker. Um, or you could say the phrase God is good. And, and, you know, whether you say it or whether you have it written on something or you wear a T-shirt with it, again, not the full gospel, but is that a true statement? Absolutely. So, again, it's trying to sort of put yourself in the place of I, of knowing this is the purpose behind this group. And, uh, hey, they're not calling people to repentance. Thus, this is wrong. Um, you know, I don't know. Those who created it. You know, I, I'm not hearing their their full story on it. All I know is this is a call to know who Jesus is. And quite frankly, I don't think that a group out there would call people to go and figure out who the real Jesus is if they didn't fully expect that somebody doing that exploration would see that Jesus calls people to repentance. Because that would be denying part of who Jesus is. That's just my thought. Mm -hmm. I would say too, well, this is a perfect Go example. Ahead, oh, um, I would just say that's a perfect example of like why you know a bumper sticker or a T-shirt or a commercial during the Super Bowl is not a substitute for our own individual action in yes. bringing the gospel to you know the unchurched and to the unbeliever. It's you know we, we, there's still. We, we still have to do that. We can't just rely on something to present the entire gospel to them for us. I was looking for, there's something I pulled off their website. I'm trying to see where it, where it was. Um, 
I know that there's part of their website. I've got this where they say, how did the story of Jesus, the world's greatest love story, get twisted into a tool to judge, harm, and divide? Now that is aimed at Christians who have done a poor job of communicating the gospel and the love of Christ. How do we remind people that the story of Jesus belongs to everyone? These questions are the beating heart of he gets us. And so again, I think, you know, clearly they recognize that Jesus has been miscommunicated. But again, their heart is that, you know, people understand who he is. And part of that understanding is understanding his love and his you know, willingness to to forgive and to lay him down himself for us, for our sin, but also to know that, you know, when Jesus tells the rich man to sell everything and, you know, deny yourself and, and, and follow me, um, you know, there there's a cost to discipleship and, and to follow Jesus too. And that is, you know, that, that idea of repentance and turning and following him. So, Again, I, I think it's just assuming based on that 30 second or minute clip that, hey, they're they're leaving out crucial points of the gospel. And quite frankly, we could nitpick anything mm-hmm. that is out there online or on TV that doesn't give the full story if, if we want to go that route. I mean, so does Olstein, but you don't see people like yeah. freaking out about him. Um, sorry. Uh, he may go yeah. a little further. Different story. <laughs> well, not, it just popped into my head as you were saying that. Like, that's how so much of our church outreach is as well, good and bad. Like if, so you guys that are involved in churches, I'm sure your church has done something where they've tried to serve a community or even gone on a mission trip or whatever. And at some point in that, you're hoping that what you're doing leads to a, a gospel conversation. Um, but, but usually what happens, you usually don't roll into a neighborhood or, a village in Africa and just set up speakers and just jump right in to a gospel presentation. You might do that and maybe God blesses that at times, but usually what happens is you spend time loving and serving the people in a way where you earn the right to then be heard. And could you imagine if this ad came out and let's just take that last scene. Cause I think this is, it, it is the one that they end with and it's very provocative seen as far as causing us to like question what they're talking about. You know, it's the one with a black man that we're assuming is homosexual or trans, something along those lines. And a priest is washing his feet. Um, What if the ad was just that and it was Jesus wants to wash your feet, but you need to repent first and then he will. And here's the passage and here's the scripture he gets us.com. Well, there's going to be, how dare you, you bigot. Um, and whether we agree if that is the right response to that ad or not, we have to understand that's the culture we're in. He gets us is trying to communicate to a culture filled with people who are being led to believe ultimately by our capital E enemy that what they believe is true is true and other people must bow down to it and accept it as well. Well, we know that's not the case. We know there's absolute truth. 
and we know what the truth is, and we want people to move from what they think is true but is really a lie to what they think is a lie but is really true. So how do we best move that direction? And what about an ad that has somebody who they're told hates them, a pastor, a priest, a Christian, washing their feet, and then he gets us. Jesus didn't teach hate. He served. He gets us. I, I think that's the way, if you want to ever make ground in communicating the true gospel of Jesus to someone who you think is an unrepentant sinner, you've got to say, listen, he loves you right now. Right now he loves you, and he cares for you. And he wants to draw you to himself so you can experience more and more of his goodness in your life. And it's at that point where, oh, well, maybe I want to pursue and look into this Jesus. And we're hoping at some point there's someone that loves them enough to say, man, Jesus has something so much better for you than this lifestyle. Let me help you as you work through that. It, yeah, because yeah, that, that's the really radical thing yeah. about Jesus. It's not that he's you know, calling you to not sin. Um, not sinning is out of the freedom that we now have in Christ mm -hmm. to pursue what God has purposed for us. It's to say, you know what? I don't have to sin anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm not a slave to it anymore because I have Jesus. And that's the radical mm -hmm. thing. And so why, why would we start with, um, hey, you need to stop sinning? Now, obviously, there are times in which that needs to be said and no doubt maybe a part of how we share the gospel because sin keeps us from seeing our need for Christ. But I mean, the, the most radical and amazing thing is the fact that Jesus died for us. Yeah. We are all sinners, yet Christ died for us. And so that is, you know, to me, the most exciting part of the story is that it doesn't matter how much you've sinned, you can turn to Jesus. He will forgive you. Um, and yes, repentance is a part of that, but that occurs, you know, really a repentant heart occurs because you see that Jesus is good. He is the way mm -hmm. I want to follow him. Why am I going to leave behind? Because repenting is really just turning around. It's mm -hmm. not turning the switch off to say, hey, I will never sin anymore because that's not going to happen. It's turning and going the other way. It's, it's following after Jesus. And so you're right, Josh. I mean, if we want to go take the gospel into places where the gospel is not prominent, we have to be strategic in that. And I think we have to be creative in that. I mean, just like you couldn't go to, or you could, you could go to a street corner in China and start saying, hey, repent, uh, believe in Jesus or you're going to go to hell, you can do that. It's not going to last very long. You're probably going to be arrested, thrown yeah. in a red Chinese prison <laughs> or deported very quickly. Mm -hmm. Missionaries there have to be strategic. They build relationships, um, you know, because they know in order to get into this culture and to get the gospel there, I've got to be smart. And we've got to know the people that God has put us, you know, the context where God has put us mm -hmm. to be able to take the gospel in most effectively. I, I've thought it before walking into like prominent venues at like a, say a sporting event. And I see people outside with the signs that say repent. And maybe they're literally standing on a soapbox and preaching and 
it's hellfire and brimstone. I might agree with everything that they're saying, but I do have the thought, is that the most effective? Is that the most strategic? Um, to me, it, it's not. And that's not to excuse never getting to that part of, you know, the gospel story or what Jesus taught. But it's to say that, you know, G God gave us a brain for a reason. And it's okay to be strategic and creative in how we share the gospel. Because I, 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 you know, I think it's exciting to share the gospel. So we should be creative in ways that we do it, maybe through a podcast like this. <laughs> and also to, to, to take, you know, one of the scenes from the ad of the, the girl, you know, having her feet washed in front of a family planning clinic, you know, think of the, the difference that could be had if instead of standing outside of an abortion clinic and yelling at people that they're murderers and that they're killing babies, if we took a moment to empathize with someone who might be making the hardest decision they've ever made in their life and to show them love and kindness and to listen to them and understand them and think about the opportunities for conversation that can open up and how you could really change somebody's heart rather than just yelling at them how terrible a person they are. And then think of then if we did that in all aspects of life with people that, you know, we're, we're trying to reach. If we, if we tried to really connect with people, instead of just yelling Jesus at them and yelling, you know, repent or you're going to go to hell, we can be so much more effective for the kingdom and, you know, helping people have real true change in their lives. There was a girl on Facebook that had responded to my friend and she mentioned, she kind of said that exact same thing, Ryan about, and she's not a believer. She said, um, having people yell at mothers that they're murderers outside of abortion clinics doesn't seem like a good method of foot washing or something. And, um, and I, I just told her, I said, listen, anybody who claims to be a Christian that's telling a, a, a mom in that situation that she's a murderer, I said, they're probably not a Christian. Um, that's not the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's no different than bombing it. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You're, you're, those people are acting out of, uh, a self-righteous um, stance where they are better than you and you're the murderer. Um, that is not at all how Jesus would respond in that. The people Jesus got pissed off at are the ones that thought they had it all together. Mm -hmm. I, I saw uh, another reaction of someone saying, well, Jesus, Jesus flipped over tables. It's like, yeah, he got angry, but at church people. Yeah. And, and, and it goes back to, okay, the ad, what was in the ad? Well, out of 12 scenes, only one only one or two, somebody can make the argument that this person needed to repent in that situation. Um, one considering abortion or just had it, and then the other one who appears to be a homosexual. We look at that and say, okay, they're living actively in rejection of who God or who God has called them to be and his created order. But you can't, one, then you can't go and we can't go and say, well, that's the whole ad when only two of the 12 scenes are like that. What about the son who looks to be a little rebellious washing his traditional father's feet? All of us, everyone who would be upset at the last scene would be like, dang straight, kid. Wash that dad's feet. You know, mm -hmm. like it's almost the opposite. Um, and, and as you go through these, 
again, you see where maybe they were the, the ideas that they were going to wash each other's feet. And so you, you had to step back and say, okay, what is this community? Well, it's communicating that as humanity, and they even say this as humanity, what would it be like if we loved and served each other who had ideological differences from us before yelling at them? Um, and they put um, in their explanation of the video, they said, we began to imagine a world where ideological others, so people with different views, were willing to set their differences aside and wash one another's feet. How would that look? How would our contentious world change if we washed one another's feet? Not literally, but figuratively. And then they give some examples. Figurative foot washing can be as simple as giving a compliment to a coworker or paying for a stranger's lunch. It can also be as difficult as not responding to someone who's criticizing you or reaching out to an estranged family member. Acts of kindness done out of humility and respect for another person could be considered the equivalent of foot washing. So that's what they're trying to communicate is, man, instead of responding with anger, frustration, um, or, or whatever towards people who are our opposites ideologically, which we know, especially where our world is now, we talked about earlier, where the culture is now, is not going to get us anywhere. What if we instead said, hey, let me buy your lunch. Let's talk about life. And what opens up, especially if Christians did that. Um, I think that's what they were trying to say, is the path to really showing who Jesus is to people who may not know him is to humbly serve that person. Jeff, you mentioned it earlier. You know, Paul tells us in Romans that God showed his love for us in this, that while we were sinners or enemies of God, he laid his life down for us. That's the greatest act of, of humble servanthood. And we weren't even in the point of saying, yeah, I'll consider you. I mean, we were active enemies of him, knowing that even if we chose him, we would still, or he chose us, depending on where you are in that argument, mm -hmm. he would, even though we would still mess up down the road after claiming to be his people, he would still love us. And, and so now we're just given this reminder that it doesn't matter what other people think, believe, where they come from, where they're going, our responsibility to them does not change. We are called to love our neighbors as Jesus loved us and as we love ourselves, and even go to the extent of doing things like washing nasty feet, if that's what they need. Stank feet. Stank feet. Yeah. And I did have this thought earlier. Like, um, You mentioned the guy with leprosy, Ryan. What was Jesus's standard procedure when it came to meeting people who had a physical need but then also had a spiritual need? Like, did he call them to repentance first or forgive them first before healing or yeah, yeah. the opposite he, way? He, or He always met the need first. I mean, mm -hmm. going back to the woman at the well, um, you know, met her need before he called her to repentance, which was at the end of that conversation. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think, again, that's part of that strategic approach to... Um, you know, showing Christ-like love is because we can really turn people off quickly or shut them down quickly, you know, before they even know what we're about, just by simply um, getting in their face and telling them that they're wrong. 
Are there times in which we need to do that? Maybe. Um, it, you know, I think it really depends. But G- the only time Jesus really seemed to do that or to start with that was with the Christian or world, the people who are religious anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to use the word Christian, but um, those were the times where he seemed to get the angriest and, you know, fired up at outrage. But, um, I, yeah, I, I think often we get that backwards, um, talking about Christians as a whole. Yeah, and it feels like on surface level, at least to the three of us here, um, just watching that ad, I don't feel like there's anything, I don't think any of us feel like, hey, this is unbiblical. Um, when we begin to maybe put assumptions in, maybe some of that can be be pulled out. But we have to remember these were snapshots of people. Um, of course, AI generated. But it was a snapshot of a girl outside a clinic. A snapshot at the end of a guy who appears to be homosexual having his feet washed by a priest. There's no story of this guy said, you better get down and wash my feet with attitude. You know? Mm-hmm. And we, we don't know. We don't know any of that. All we know is there's a person with someone else there and they're, they're serving them and maybe they got served as well the other way. Anything else we read into it. So just seeing those images, seeing text that says Jesus didn't teach hate. True. Jesus served. True. He gets us. True. True. If we're, if we're pulling anything else from that and saying, well, it's pushing this or it's pushing that, you don't even see that anywhere on the He Gets Us website. Um, now, maybe something in the past or there's something else out there. I, we're just going on what we see on their website. They're backed by an organization, a uh, nonprofit called Come Near. There's not a lot about them. I've gone, I went to their website, to their LinkedIn. It's all about trying to tell the story of Jesus is what they say. Um, so all we can do is take what we know. Um, and say, well, based on this, of what we see, what we know about the stories in each of these pictures, okay, we're supposed to serve all people. Um, anything other than that, what we're inferring. And I, I just want to go back and say, we also can't just pull one or two scenes out of 12 and say, this is the whole thing because there's other beautiful scenes of people who are at opposite ends ideologically. And whether you're an environmentalist or you're all for drilling and fracking, neither of those are sinful positions to have. They're probably both good in a way. And taken to the extreme, they can be bad. That's not a sin issue in that. the Someone washing a migrant mom's feet, that's not a sin issue. Um, a girl washing who looks a little preppy washing the feet of a skater girl, it's not a sin issue there because the girl likes to roller skate. And and looks a little emo. That's not a that's not a sin issue. Hey, roller skate. I'm sorry. <laughs> Skateboard. She likes to roller skate. That's Sometimes I look a little emo. I hope that's not a sin. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I would say I would say one wrinkle, and I think we talked about this, Josh, you and I, before we we got on the podcast. Is I've heard a couple of people. One pastor in particular, I listened to an entire um, Facebook Live thing he did, to where it took him about 15 minutes to get to the point, but. Uh, he said his concern is that this ad campaign is dangerous. And I could appreciate part of what he said because obviously I think it's very important to get 
Jesus right. Mm -hmm. And we can point to anything, whether it's the depiction of Jesus in The Chosen or a picture of Jesus where he looks white, um, you know, other representations of Jesus. And, and, and we can even make argument. I remember in seminary in hermeneutics talking about, is this a violation of the second commandment? Are we making these images of Jesus? And so I get that. And I think it is important for us to be very careful with what we read in to Jesus. Absolutely. We should only follow the biblical Jesus. We shouldn't follow a Jesus of our own choosing. And so I could appreciate that part of it, but his reason on why he thinks it's dangerous stemmed more out of um, the about us section of he gets us where they said we have a coalition of supporters who represent a variety of lived experiences that have led them to wildly different perspectives and he honed in on the wildly different perspectives but the rest of that phrase says wildly different perspectives on many things it never says wildly different perspectives on jesus or the gospel or anything like that just wildly different perspectives on many things. I mean, we could even, even though the three of us are agreeing here, and if we had Grant on here and we we're all agreeing, we have wildly different perspectives on things, um, but we're all believers. We all know that Jesus is the son of God and that he is the way to the father. And so that I, I wasn't on board with. I, I think, again, that's inferring that this group is just made up of people uh, you know, going back to that whole idea of just a, a coexist movement, people that uh, of different faiths, of, of different religions, um, you know, that that are trying to get this message of Jesus out. But uh, and I know we talked about this via text, but that raises another thought is, does that still invalidate the message, even if they were non-Christians? Um, and I think that's an interesting discussion, too. But just at face value, again, we don't know enough about this group. And so for me to say that, okay, this is an agenda being pushed by a group who's not even all Christian, I, I can't say that. I don't know that. Um, just by reading their description, it just sounds like they have an eclectic group of people. I mean, me as a Christian, I have wildly different perspectives on things than a Christian in Nigeria or in China or in Australia or even on the other side of Clarksville. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just do. Did you, what you read, did you take that right off their website or was that? I did. Because it's funny what I saw on their website and maybe I was just in a different spot um, and I copied and pasted. It, it's kind of the same idea, but the wording's different. It says our campaign comprises humble perspectives from a diverse group of Jesus fans and followers with a variety of faith journeys and lived experiences bound by a common desire to rediscover and share the compelling story of Jesus's life in a new way. Um, if somebody says, Hey, this is what we're doing. Sounds good to me, you know? Um, but yeah, there are things, but in that very next paragraph, and again, just to be fair and honest, I'd mentioned this earlier. They also say we will make mistakes like anyone with a public message or who sets out to share an idea we won't always get it right. Expect us to be human. Okay. Yeah, we're all sinners. We get that. But like Jeff said, when it comes to who Jesus is and his message, we that we can't mess that up. Like, we have to be right. Now, we don't know what all they're talking about there either. There is some vagueness. And so, again, we're not going all out and saying he gets us is right on with everything. And there's some stuff that's questionable. But again, just 
our desire is to go back to the ad and the content. So I need to take that shirt out of my Amazon shopping cart. They do have merch <laughs> if you want that. <laughs> um, and they're, they're, like I said, there can be things that we don't agree on with them. Um, but again, it the, the hate is towards people washing the feet of people with different beliefs, different ideolo- ideologies like he gets us says. And yeah. from our humble perspective, IMHO, um, I didn't see anything unbiblical in the ad. I see you think something that's very challenging and convicting to me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I love that people know. are talking about Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's pretty cool. Um, I just say I think it's important to note that it's okay to have criticisms of things. We're not telling we're not telling you you can't, you know, be thoughtful about what you support and you know if if you find some actual legitimate criticism with them. But the actual like just face value message of the ad that that there's there shouldn't be any anything there because that you know in my mind it's completely biblical. Absolutely. It it is okay to be critical. And so I would say please don't hear us as saying you can never as a Christian get upset or be critical of something. But we also have to be careful with that. If if you're worried that the message of Christ will be perverted in any way, you know how to fix that, Christians? You know how we fix that? We need to calm down on the outrage and anger and actually take the gospel, the loving gospel to a lost world and love people. And so I think we do have to, to watch ourselves and how we respond, even if we have legitimate reasons to be critical. Um, and I, and I think that's part of this that, that we've already touched on is even if you're coming to different conclusions. And I know there are people that I respect highly in, in the Christian circles that say, I'm praying about this, I'm chewing on it, and I just don't feel right about it. But how are you projecting that? Um, are you projecting that in a loving way, or is it fueled by, by outrage and anger? Even if it's, if it's not over a political, political agenda or anything, how are you actually taking this conviction of yours and lovingly telling people the truth of Jesus and the gospel. Because an, an, an outrage on a Facebook post, I'm telling you, that's not it. And maybe it's more the outrage is geared towards other Christians who like the ad. Because I, I get that sense too. But um, even then, is the message really being heard or is it just leading to more outrage? Yeah. And... <clears throat> 80% of Christians say that they have not shared their faith in the last six months. But we're getting pretty ticked off at somebody's um, willingness to try to do that. Um, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't want to like rail on those who don't like it um, or don't think it is because you are allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to be critical of things. You're just not allowed to be a butthole. And that's... <laughs> yes. That's where it allowed to have Jesus Juke. You're allowed to have one, but not be not allowed to be one. Some yeah. first hesitations. That's right. My dad always said that opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has them, and they and all they stink. stink. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so this entire podcast is stuck. That's right. Hey, we love all of you. No matter where you land on this, um, our hope and our prayer is one for Christian unity 
those who are really seeking to follow Jesus, that we would have that unity of the spirit that even Jesus prayed for after he washed their feet, um, that we would be one as he and the father are one. So let's see division and, and things like that within the body for what it is an attack from our enemy. And if we have differences of opinion, let's talk with love and compassion to each other. Um, and especially for the sake of a lost world around us, let's do that. Because nothing's going to turn people off quicker than seeing Christians who are at each other's throat talking about a commercial that's telling us to love and serve each other with humility. Um, yeah. We'd love to know what you guys think. Yes. Um, are we way off base on this? Um, what are we missing? What did you find biblical, unbiblical? What did you appreciate, not appreciate on it? And um, and then let's do what we can to to love and serve people well. So, so I know we're wrapping up, but um, you know, we if, if you're a listener that listens this frequently, you're probably wondering where is the lighter stuff. I was wondering if we could end with one of our new segments because it just kind of popped in my brain as we're talking the holy hypothetical. Yes, here. And, and let me give you some background before we get into this. So AI created this, or the images in the commercial, right? And so we read into it that, hey, this is a homosexual, or this is a girl in front of an abortion clinic. So AI had to, pro, had to draw that image or create that image um, to where we would think that's a homosexual or, or a trans person or... Uh, this this is somebody sitting in front of an abortion clinic or whatever. Um, so is the AI, you know, prejudiced because they're assuming, oh, all people that are trans look like this. Um, and uh, is that more about the programming of the person who programmed that AI? But the holy hypothetical, and I'll play a little soundbite here. So let's just say that AI, <laughs> we, we asked AI to create the perfect commercial for our church. What images is AI going to produce? We're supposed to tell you. Yeah. Our church specifically? Sure. Or just the church in Or any general? church. <laughs> is there a potluck involved? Yeah. <laughs> And there would be chicken. My church there is. <laughs> there would there'd be people smoking out back. <laughs> smoking meat. <laughs> yeah, smoking meat. Because of because of the biases and prejudice of mm -hmm. those who So who so okay, AI, so right? we're thinking about this from the perspective <laughs> of what would AI think yeah. about our church. Okay. All right. We'd all be fat. Yeah. Um, we'd all have guns. Which is not far off. <laughs> <laughs> I think the majority of people in my church on Sundays are packing. I'm talking about feeling convicted. I'm feeling a little convicted right now after that statement. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We'd all have slacks. You feeling you feeling attacked there? We'd have slacks. Yeah. White shirts tucked in. We'd probably look like Mormons. Mm. Short little ties. <laughs> KJB Bibles. Mm. Big hairdos. The women would. Yeah. Um We'd look angry. We'd look angry. Yeah. Um, the kids would all be dressed in denim. 
because they're all homeschooled. <laughs> the, the girls each, would be in like denim have like skirts 19. that yeah. go like to their ankles. Yeah. <laughs> the couples would all have like 19 kids. Oh, yeah. And they'd ride in like sure. one of those big buses. <laughs> Everybody's got yeah, a 15 passenger. Yeah, part of it. Yeah. <laughs> It's scary to think. I mean, what are we doing mm-hmm. as Christians? And this goes back to our point of the outrage. What message are we communicating to where uh, the biases and prejudices of our world would say that's what Christianity looks like? Hey, and just to um, make sure we're representing this rightly, uh, he gets us as all the images in this gallery, in this video, were shot by international fine art photographer Julia Fullerton Batten. I don't. I don't know where these people are because it. It clearly. I mean, I don't know. Maybe videos. No, it's for this one. Oh, so it wasn't AI. It sure does look like AI, Hmm. doesn't it? Maybe parts of it. Maybe parts are. Yeah, Um, or it's filtered a certain way. You can definitely tell backgrounds are. So that might be what's throwing us. Might be like real people AI background. But I still don't think that makes gives us reason enough to do holy hypothetical on it. I think that for this episode, the graphic on YouTube, I'll, I'll, I'll pull something together, but I'm going to have AI create the perfect church and we'll be, that'll be in the background of, yeah. the, of us three. Now, now I think it would be interesting to also do um, the perfect church and then the perfect Southern church. There we go. I wonder what the difference would be between those. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, we know this was a little different and, uh, but we thank, we thank you for listening and sticking around, comment, like, share all that good stuff. Let us know what you think. Um, and, uh, we hope to kind of be back maybe to a little normal next week. We'll, we'll make sure it's funny in there. Yeah. We won't, we won't, um, neglect the sloth sound for you next week. Oh, hey. We'll get it. There you go. There you go. The payoff. All right. (laughs) We will see you guys next time. Love y'all.